Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. This is episode 102. We're here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden here in New York City. To my right is the amazing super producer, Rich Cementa. To my left, a gray door. Welcome. We're here at 77 WABC. Now, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Happy Valentine's Day. Big shout out to my mom. May she rest in peace. Today is the anniversary of both her birth and her death, which is an interesting story in and of itself. But we shall move on. We're going to get into Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg has been getting into a whole lot of different things, mainly talking a lot of crap. There's audio, video, all sorts of things that have come out over the weekend in the last few days, revealing him to be, if not a racist, a really narcissistic elitist at best. I'll let you be the judge of that when you hear this stuff. Mike Bloomberg had attended several different meetings and he was in a interview with PBS and said some things that were, I'm going to go with off color. Listen to this. Nevertheless, there's this enormous cohort of black and Latino males age, let's say, 16 to 25 that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they, what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace where but they let, have to work let collaboratively me if I, let and collectively. Me if I... <laughs> All right. Now, I'm, we're eventually going to play that one again because, man, he throws so much into that one big beefy sentence to say that there are so many blacks and Latinos that don't know how to behave in the workplace between 16 and 25. Let's slice that up a little bit. Let's drill down. When I was 16, I had a job. Didn't last very long. Not because I didn't know how to behave, but because I wanted to be a barber. So I started my own business at 16. But at like 15, 15 and a half, I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. I had friends. My friends did all sorts of different things. Some did good things, some did bad things. Some worked, some didn't work. Nobody's an expert at working at 16. Now, of course, you should be a lot better at it between, you know, 21 and 25. But it's not so much what he's saying as much as how he says it. And it is what he's saying as well in the fact that I had friends that were white, that were Polish, that were Italian, all different types of white, all different types of Hispanic, all different types of everything. Some of them went on to be fantastic in life and do great things. Some of them went on to be drug dealers and become incarcerated. Some of them are dead. Some of them were white. My point is, the generalizations that then uh, Mayor Bloomberg made in this cut, they're outrageous. It's outrageous to say that there's this group of people simply because they are that group of people. When I think we know full well that if you don't have a father in the home, if you don't have parents that were college educated, it's likely that you're not going to be college educated. And this is data that we have that shows this. 
race plays a part in this when you break it down, but this doesn't happen because of race. Fathers are not absent from the home because they're black. Fathers are not absent from the home because they're Hispanic. There are white fathers that leave the home. Now, certain groups of people may suffer more from this than the other. And I think all of that has to do with access to capital. Do you have a family that has money? Do you have a family that has a business? Do you have a family that can show you how to make money? So obviously, if this was a country that was settled by the Europeans, they were here first. They've been doing America longer. So when you hear these references about old money and new money or nouveau riche, right? The nouveau riche crowd of people, new money. It's not, at least in my opinion, because of race that there are these disparities, but it's because of who's been settled longer. If my dad came here from Puerto Rico in 1955 and polished up his English skills by listening to Ron Lundy on 77 WABC, it makes sense that he'd have less opportunities than me because he didn't speak English as I do. I think that makes sense. But Bloomberg makes it out to be completely different. And we, it would be difficult to kind of make that juxtaposition or come to that conclusion if we didn't have this other audio of him to compare it to. Check this out. 95% of your murders and murderers and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take the description, Xerox it, and pass it up to all the cops. They are male minorities, 15 to 25. So again, it's a little muffled because this is like secret recording. He says 95% of your murders, murderers, and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take the description, Xerox it, and pass it out to all the cops. They're male minorities, 16 to 25. Listen to this. It's true in New York, it's true in virtually every city. And that's where the real time is. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of the people that get killed. So you've got to, if you want to spend the money for a lot of cops in the street, put those cops where the crime is between the city and minority neighborhoods. So it's one of the unintended consequences. All right, just to, again, reiterate. So he says, and that's where the real crime is. That's true in New York. It's true in virtually every city. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of people that are getting killed. You want to spend the money, put a lot of cops on the streets, put those cops where the crime is, which means minority neighborhoods. And then he goes on to talk about one of the unintended consequences. People say, oh my God, you are arresting kids for marijuana that are all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them against the wall and Christmas. Wow, so there's literally the smoking gun, no pun intended. He says one of the unintended consequences is people say, oh my God, you're arresting kids for marijuana. They're all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. The way you get the guns out of kids' hands is throw them against the wall and frisk them. Then they say, I don't want to be caught, so I won't bring the gun. They still have the gun, but they leave it at home. That's Mike Bloomberg in 2015. 
95% of your murders are male minorities, 16 to 25. The way to get the guns out of kids' hands is to throw them against the wall and frisk them. Then I say, I don't want to get caught, so I don't bring the gun. Let's pay close attention to this, because my criticism here is not of stop and frisk. Stop and frisk is a very useful policy that Giuliani used very judiciously. And there was never abuse, or at least there there was no major reported cases of abuse. When you look at how it was used on a graph, it was very consistent. Bloomberg came and it went off the charts. And honestly, we have Bloomberg to thank for the lawlessness of Bolshevik Bill de Blasio. If he wouldn't have gone so far off the deep end with his fascistic tendencies to stop and frisk every young black Latino male that he could find, we wouldn't have this problem. So we had Bloomberg being a fascist on one side, and we have de Blasio being lawless on the other side. And in the middle, we had Giuliani, who used it as a useful tool for law enforcement to get guns off the street. Stop, question, and frisk. But if that weren't enough, we've got more on Bloomberg, saying that the police actually stop white people too much and minorities too little. If you like the sound of this, you're probably on the wrong podcast. Check this out. They just keep saying, oh, it's a disproportionate percentage of a particular ethnic group. That may be, but it's not a disproportionate percentage of those who witnesses and victims describe as committing the murder. In that case, incidentally, I think we disproportionately stop whites too much and minorities too little. The sentence is fine until he gets to the last part of the sentence. He says, okay, it's a disproportionate percentage of a particular ethnic group. That may be, but it's a disproportionate percentage of those who of who are witnesses and victims of crimes as describing these crimes in that case. Incidentally, this is where he goes wrong, off the deep end. I think we disproportionately stop whites too much and minorities too little. If you have crime that's happening in, a, in an ethnic area because they're poorer people and when people are poorer... Studies show they achieve lower levels of education and there's a, a propensity to commit more crime because they're looking for cash, easy cash. No argument from me there. But to say that we're, we're stopping whites too much and minorities too little, that's not based in any type of, uh, of fact or reason. I mean, I, I had to go to West Virginia recently and I asked the, uh, the cab driver, so what's there to do around here? And he tells me, heroin. I was like, okay. Interestingly, I, I was blown away, both at the just the, the amount of obesity that I saw, and I'm no skinny guy, all over West Virginia. But I came back and I asked my, uh, I like to call him my Goombari Cheech, one of his lines, Curtis Sliwa. And I said, hey, Curtis, what do you know about West Virginia? And he looks at me and goes, fat people. And they do a lot of hillbilly heroin. It's the oxy capital of the world. And I said, wow. So apparently I was the one, the last one to find out. <laughs> apparently everybody knew this stuff. Very interesting to me. Now you would be hard pressed to find people other than white people in West Virginia. Now I know Mike Bloomberg speaking about New York. But my point is to discount any race over another when it comes to crime, not smart. Crime knows no race. Drugs, no, no race. We have to always keep the focus on the crime, not focus on people's races. 
Because then we're no better than the Democrats who live in that world, who live in the world of identity politics. But I think we're done with that. I do want to add one thing, which is towards Mr. Bloomberg's attitude, his delivery, his elitism. And again, this is somebody, when he ran for mayor, I was like, I think this guy brings a lot to the table and he's going to be way better than Mark Green. And I think he probably was better than Mark Green and he was able to maintain Rudy Giuliani's success for a while before getting over the deep end and giving himself an illegal third term. Listen to the way he speaks about farmers in this clip, just to give you an idea of how he feels about people in general. Check this out. Anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank in the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. One point. 98% of the world worked in, uh, in agriculture today. It's 2% in the United States. Uh, now comes the information economy. And the information economy is fundamentally different because it's built around replacing people with technology. And the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. And that is a whole degree level different you have to have a different skill set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. All right. He lost me with the gray matter. Maybe I don't possess enough gray matter because of my brownness. I don't know. But what I do know is that, yeah, I agree that you need a, a, a higher level skill set or a different skill set. I should say maybe not even higher level because, again, I think it, working with your hands is something that is challenging. And you need to know what you're doing to be a carpenter or to be a metal worker, or to be many different things, different skilled trades. And if you're coding and you're a software developer, you also need a different set of skills. So I think they're different, and some concepts may be higher level than others. I could I could probably agree to that, too. What I can agree with is the fact that economies change. Of course they do. We once used to keep blocks of ice in our ice box in order to keep things cold. And then a guy would come and deliver you a new block of ice. And technology stepped in, and we now have refrigerators that run on electricity. And we don't need these blocks of ice anymore. So there goes that guy who drove his truck around with blocks of ice and the ice man. He's out of business. Frigidaire is in. I get it. What I think Bloomberg doesn't get is that it's part of your job as a leader, especially if you're charting public policy, to make sure that people are on track to succeed. Making sure that public schools are up to snuff so that you're not cranking out kids between the ages of 16 and 25 that don't have a skill set or don't know what it is, as he would say. So who is it that we have to blame with his illegal third term and his other two terms as mayor? I think Mike Bloomberg needs to look in the mirror about his term as mayor. Up next, you're not going to believe what Pete Buttigieg had to say. It seems like he's channeling his inner Mike Bloomberg. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. 
This is America. Pásame la juca. El coro ya está prendido. Las mujeres andan sin marido. All right. I don't need the hookah, but Mayor Buttigieg has some explaining to do, Lucy, and it's about his comments also about Latinos. I don't know what's going on, why Latinos are under attack right now by these Democrats running for president. Maybe because they figured, hey, these guys are starting to like Trump because he's putting together policies and promoting programs that are putting money in people's pockets. Maybe. I don't know. But let's listen to what Mr. Buttigieg had to say. Of course, it is extremely important to earn support from voters across the board. And when you look uh, at the way that uh, Latino voters here in Nevada uh, know that they are under siege in this administration, uh, talking to black voters who are sick and tired of the economic disempowerment alongside the injustices of systemic racism and looking for a president who can actually bring change to Washington. Apparently, Mayor Pete has been so busy on the campaign trail that he hasn't checked the news. And he doesn't know that ever since they've recorded employment levels for Hispanics and blacks, that the unemployment levels are right now at their lowest, which means that employment jobs are at their highest, in particular for Latinos and African-Americans. So where does he get this from? I believe he's just pie in the sky talking with partisan Democrats because the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie when my buddy from El Salvador calls me and tells me, yo, what's going on? I heard your show's doing really good. I'm so happy for you. And I was like, oh, really? I I didn't think you would listen. He's like, oh, I don't. (laughs) Not my thing, but I hear about it and people are talking. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, you know, when you become a Trumper, you need to tune in. He tells me, he's like, well, bro. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm doing good. And I was like, was it because he drives a, uh, he manages a route. He used to drive the, the truck. Now he manages a route for a, a food brand and goes to supermarkets all over the tri-state area in New York and makes sure that they're selling his product. And it's an ethnic brand. He tells me, well, no, not only is my route doing good. He said, my brother, I'm talking about my 401k. He's like, when Trump got in, I was around 100k. He said, right now, it's almost doubled. I'm at $198,000. $198,000. He's had a 50% improvement in his 401k. He knows exactly what it's related to because he's not stupid. He's like 42 years old. He's been doing this work in the food business for the last 10, 15 years. He knows exactly what it looks like under previous presidents. A guy like him... In his head, a guy who rarely votes, maybe comes out just for presidential elections. He's thinking, hmm, kids in cages? Hmm, not so much. Almost 200K in my 401K? You bet I'm giving this guy a second term. (laughs) What if he could double my 401K again? If you're listening to this and you think, but Rich, that makes you some sort of heartless, cold capitalist. I'll take it. I've been called worse. Just check my Twitter. I don't care. America has to have a free market. Without a free market, where are we? We start throwing mud. We start saying things like what Buttigieg said, saying that Latinos are under siege in this administration. Of course, he forgets to say that the United States Treasurer, Carranza, she was promoted to being a cabinet member, head of the Small Business Administration, Jovita Carranza. 
This is a woman that started delivering packages for UPS. Worked her way up the ranks of UPS and became vice president. Then got into politics and is now a cabinet member. And she's already served as the United States treasurer. She's a woman of Mexican descent. A woman and a Latina. It's a twofer. There's growth. What is Pete Buttigieg? I'd love to see his cabinet in South Bend, Indiana. His board of commissioners. See how diverse they are. The hypocrisy is astounding. For him to say the economic disempowerment of blacks blows me away. I look at the amount of people that are billionaires and have become billionaires since Trump got elected because of the massive rollback in taxes that allowed them to make moves, Jay-Z included, that want to take aim at Trump for those very policies I have to think to myself, are they doing that because they don't know or because they know and they don't want to damage their brand and they're doing it for political purposes? I don't know. But either way, they're wrong. They're totally wrong. This is why facts matter. We live in a time where people will sell you anything they want you to hear, but that doesn't make it true. What makes things true is when you go to the primary source data of a fact When you go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and look at the numbers, and whenever you want to look at an unvarnished view at facts, go to justfacts.com, F-A-C-T-S, facts.com. These guys do an excellent job, whether it's looking at the voter knowledge survey that they recently completed or the information they put together on assimilation and how a failure to assimilate ends up costing Latinos money. You make more money if you assimilate faster. Makes a lot of sense. And I actually spoke about that the last time I was on the Mark Levin show, right when that article had been released. And for those of you that are loyal listeners, I'll be on the Mark Levin show again as a guest host this Friday. So make sure you uh, check in with the Mark Levin show app and don't miss it. Facts matter. Justfacts.com. Straight ahead. Check out what William Barr, our attorney general, had to say about the border. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back, America. We are still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden here in New York City. I am Rich Valdez. I'm here with my Goombadi Cheech, Rich Cementa, Mr. Producer. And we're talking about lots of different things. And we talk about them on Twitter, too. So make sure you check us out on Twitter, at Rich Valdez with an S, Rich Valdez with an S, and Rich Cementa with an S. (laughs) Go figure. I want you to do that right now, if you can. If you're listening to this and you check it out the day it comes out, Go to Rich Valdez on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you want to go and uh, show some love to our tweet from CPAC. I'm honored to be speaking at CPAC this year with a wonderful group of panelists about the importance of keeping our borders safe. And that's what we're going to talk about right now, because on Thursday afternoon, Attorney General Barr was speaking with the National Sheriff's Association. 
and he had different things that he wanted to say, but basically how the administration and the Department of Justice were coming out swinging against sanctuary city policies, saying there is no longer a sanctuary for anybody. You can't create a sanctuary for criminals. Now, I'm not saying every single person that is a violator of immigration law is a cold, hard criminal, but there are issues that we are facing. I am saying that immigration law falls under the federal law. So federal authorities have to deal with those. And that's how the sanctuary cities are scapegoating having the police provide any support to federal law enforcement in ICE. So he's decided they're going to assemble these SWAT teams that are going to support ICE in the field and they're going to be Border Patrol agents. I think it's great that the president is continuing to think outside of the box, as are the people in the administration. It's key. Two or three episodes ago on This Is America, we talk about this all the time here. And if you're a loyal listener, you know that. There was a huge bust in New Jersey. 115 criminal illegal aliens were arrested. These people were not arrested for violating traffic court or not paying child support or jaywalking. These people were arrested for contributing to the delinquency of a minor, endangering the welfare of a minor, sexual contact with a minor. One guy had a, a murder warrant from Brazil. Most of them coming from Mexico and El Salvador, some from Honduras as well. These are the things we need to be cautious of. And it's not the first time they had one of these large roundups. They happen all the time. There's a lot of negative consequences, not the least of which is how our wages are depressed. We could see wage growth if there wasn't something stifling the invisible hand that Adam Smith speaks of in Wealth of Nations. You've got the iron fist of immigration, of government-supported illegal immigration, weighting down the invisible hand of the free market. Concrete contractors, framing contractors, sheetrock contractors, these guys are all taking a bath right now. Because someone's willing to work for below market wage, slave wage. That's what we're talking about, a slave wage. Where's AOC on this? She wants to complain about people that are here legally working in a restaurant, not making enough at at a wage they agreed to. But she says nothing about people that are getting taken advantage of because they're here illegally and they live in the shadows. They shouldn't be here. They have to wait their turn. They have to come the right way because they're affecting who? White families, black families, Latino families, everybody who's in the skilled trades and any other business that they're willing to undercut. We, you, collectively, all of us pay the price for illegal immigration because of deflated wages. So Barr says no more sanctuary cities. Yeah, basta. This is him at the National Sheriff's Association on Thursday. Check this out. Today is a significant escalation in the federal government's effort to confront the resistance of sanctuary cities. And that's exactly what the government needs to do. They need to put together a significant effort to fight the sanctuary cities. He did that on Thursday. Friday passes by. Today's Monday. Check this out. I turn on Fox News and I see Mayor Garcetti there with a cop next to him. And this was truly, in my opinion, very disgraceful. Uh, it just and distasteful. The cop looked uncomfortable giving the message. It was the chief, Los Angeles police. He's wringing his hands. You could tell he's very uncomfortable, but he had to say what he had to say to support his boss, the mayor. 
And they basically, in effect, said, listen, local law enforcement's not here to do the Fed's job. And that's true. That's a matter of fact. But it doesn't hurt to have a little professional courtesy and say, hey, listen, I got a guy. He's illegally in the country. He just raped somebody. Before we let him out on the street, we want to let you know because you may want to deport him. They decide, nah, we're going to let him on the street. You find him. Good luck finding him. Treating their brothers in law enforcement at the federal level like a bunch of schmucks and putting you, me, and all of our children in danger. This has to stop. Illegal immigration is hurting America. Attorney General Barr continued, and he said this. Check this out. Although local communities frequently feel the effects of unfettered illegal immigration and the effects of criminal aliens, the only authority in the country that is vested with the power and the responsibility of dealing with that problem is the federal government. No state can deal with it alone. He's 100% right. No state can deal with it alone because, A, it's the Fed's responsibility, and, B, states have their own issues to worry about, which is why they need to partner with these guys. About a year ago on richvaldez.com, the richvaldez.com is our website where we put out different articles, opinion pieces, we share different information, so go check it out if you haven't. We put out a story where local law enforcement was cooperating with the feds informally because they're brothers in blue and they were like, you know what? We love America. We're patriots. And they were sharing information and trying to set things up to continue the wheels of justice turning in the right direction. That was last March. In the last few days, that seems to be under attack. We need to do everything that we can to support local law enforcement, to work hand in hand with federal law enforcement to keep our communities safe, to keep our families safe, to keep our school zones safe, to keep our economy safe, to protect our economic interests from deflated wages. If we don't, who will? And if we don't do it now, when when should we do it? You tell me. Looking forward to your comments on Facebook and Twitter at Rich Valdez with an S. Until then... Remember, the words of Hamilton, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And lately I've added in Sir Edmund Burke saying all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit and stand by and do nothing. So chew on that until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 